All right, folks, welcome back into another edition of the High School Huddle, your one-stop shop for everything and all things Section 5 Sports. I'm AJ Feldman. He's Carl Jones. And Carl, we are back after a little one-week hiatus for the NFL Draft. We, uh, we both headed out to Orchard Park there, covered the draft, chatted up with Brandon Bean a little bit, but we are now back with the high school sports. We got a couple weeks left until the PGA Championship where we take another break, but it's good to be back talking some uh, Section 5 sports here. Yeah, it's, back. it's good to be back, man. I, I wish earlier this week I was going to go cover some ball, and then boom, lightning happened, uh, monsoon uh, went through Rochester really fast. So I wasn't able to to catch anything this week. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited just to get back out there and to see the kids. And, you know, lacrosse is one of my things now. Like, I wasn't really exposed to it growing up, but now I, I like it. You know, the boys, physical, you know, the, I swear it looked like a hurt out there. And the girls are so skillful out there, especially up here in S- Section 5. But nonetheless, with all the other sports as well, um, especially softball and baseball, I'm excited. Now that this rain is hopefully passes by, I think that's what Snyder said the other day. Um, I'm excited to uh, get some more spring sports action. Yeah, we'll get into the little boys lacrosse talk. I saw a couple games, but just on your note of the physicality, I just want to point this out. I feel like the most unhinged you can be on a high school sports field is when a lacrosse player is clearing the zone. They're about to cross the, the midfield line. The defender is literally just allowed to murder you as you're running by, like full one hand, just whip it as hard as you can. I don't know how we've allowed that to happen. And I feel bad for the people who have to absorb it. I feel like that's also a lot of just anger getting out uh, from the defense after they clear the zone there. Look, I love it. When I, when I got the camera right there, I just go like, ooh, like it kind of reminds me of a little bit of football. But, I mean, it's, it's totally different than the girls, which I had to uh, get adjusted to really fast. I'm like, what? The girl? I'm like, wait a second. They don't have the pad, so they, they yeah. better not be um, moving like that. But uh, it's definitely uh, unique, and you got to catch that up close and personal to see what we're talking about. Yeah, so uh, I guess we'll do a little bit of draft talk as we're away for a week. Just, Carl, um, your initial reactions on how the Bills did on the draft as we went out and covered it this past week. They got, you know, Dalton Kincaid in the first round, maybe a guy that no one really penciled into the Bills, and probably because a lot of people thought it was going to go a little bit higher, but some people were thinking tight end. Just your overall thoughts on the draft here. I thought it was good. I mean, I wouldn't give it an A-plus by any means, but if you came into this draft with – two ideologies and two ways you wanted to attack it, either A, protect Josh Allen, or B, get someone to throw him the ball uh, for to receive his passes. And they accomplished both in the first two rounds with two really good value picks, like you said, Kincaid, and then Osiris Torrance, the guard in the second round. Um, the third round pick is a little bit of a head scratcher. Second year in a row, they picked an undersized linebacker. Um, but maybe that's the way the NFL is going with how things are turn- going in terms of speed. But all in all, I think Bill's Mafia in general should be happy with how uh, last Thursday turned well last weekend in general turned out and it'll be interesting to see if these adjustments help out day one because this Bills team is ready to win a Super Bowl uh, right now yeah definitely I like the draft like you mentioned a lot of questions you know how does Ken Dorsey use a uh, primary pass catching tight end how does he use two tight ends how what does this mean for Ryan Bates Osiris Torrance I really like the Osiris Torrance pick I mean you get a guy that most people thought would potentially be their first round pick in the second round you got to like it. And then, like you mentioned, Dorian Williams, the uh, the undersized linebacker. I think now the question is kind of more, what does that defense look like in terms of, you know, maybe they have two Milanos out there, you know, Milano and the Milano clone. Maybe that's the way McDermott wants to run this defense. Now he'll be the one calling the shots. So uh, we'll see how it all turns out. But I thought uh, Bills fans could be 
fairly pleased with what they did in the draft. But uh, as we all know, uh, not much you can judge about a draft uh, a couple weeks after. We'll see. We'll see what happens a, a couple of years down the road. But uh, we do have a lot to judge on the Section Five slate. We've got our first uh, our first slate of state rankings that we can talk about here with our break. Uh, the New York State Sports Writers Association has put out uh, two weeks of state rankings, both for boys lacrosse and for softball. Those are the only two sports that they put out the uh, the state rankings. I have not seen any girls lacrosse state rankings. I have not seen any baseball state rankings. I know that the max preps does their formulas, but that you can't really judge that too much. So if there is a state rankings that we don't know about, by all means, let us know. I know volleyball, they have their own coach association who does it. And we found that. So if there's anybody else we're missing, by all means, tell us, but we've got the boys lacrosse state rankings first, as always, a lot of section five representation in these rankings. And we'll start with class a where, you know, Section 5 has plenty of teams up there. Section 11 is apparently the best lacrosse section in the entire world. Um, They've got uh, four teams in the top 10, so (laughs) watch out for Long Island. But uh, we do have two Section 5 teams in the rankings. Pittsburgh at number 13, McQuaid at number 20, and then Penfield receiving votes. I want to talk about Pittsburgh um, real quick first here. I saw them play Victor right down to the wire Two days ago on Tuesday, Victor ended up winning in overtime. Pittsburgh got out to a really good lead. They they were up 6-2 early in the second quarter. They could not score the rest of the game. Victor held them scoreless in the second half, most of that second quarter in shutout. So an impressive effort by Victor. Of course, we'll talk about them in the Class B state rankings. But if you want to look at the team that's the favorite in Class A right now, I think it has to be Pittsburgh. You know, they like we just mentioned, they played Victor really close to the wire. Uh, you know, they took care, they beat Aronicoit eight to six, they beat Penfield nine to six. McQuaid is definitely going to be probably their, their biggest competitor. McQuaid has had a pretty good start to their season. However, they did just lose to Hilton 11 to four, which I thought was really surprising. You really never know what Hilton squad you're going to get to show up on any given day because they can either, uh, you know, be a bottom feeder or they can, you know, beat McQuaid on a given day. They can play Canandaigua with overtime, or they can lose by 12 to Pittsburgh or eight to Aronicoy, which they've all done this season. So I don't know what to make of there, but we've got two teams in the class A rankings uh, who are both very feisty this year and, and could potentially be setting up a good uh, championship game down the line. Yeah. I saw Pittsburgh earlier this year against Penfield. And once again, that defense was solid in that outing. So I'm not surprised that they were able to keep Victor to a low total. But this is a balanced squad. I mean, you look at their stats. I mean, they got a bunch of guys in double digits. Uh, Avery Valenti, Rex Ketterling leads the way. My man Jackson Green, once again, saw him on the lacrosse field. What sport does he not play? Um, he's going to be actually going to, I believe, Princeton for football. So shout out to him. But Pittsburgh, solid ball club. Um, did they win last year? I don't think they won. Uh, was Fairport, Fairport last year, yeah. Yeah, Fairport got the job done last year. And uh, Yeah, so is it Pittsburgh time to ride to the top? We'll see. But that Victor, uh, when I was preparing for this, that Victor result definitely shocked me. I thought Victor was like far and away, you know, cream of the crop. And Pitts were like, hold on, hold on. This is not what you think it is, all right? So that was exciting to see. And I know it was a loss for Pittsburgh, and they obviously thought they could get a job done. But they can take some solace in the fact that they're trending in the right direction this time of year. Yeah, Pittsburgh, no sectional titles since 2017. They lost in the championship game to Fairport last year, so they are hungry to get back on top. And as we mentioned, going down to Class B, 
where the uh, the class of the state is right here in Section 5, the Victor Blue Devils, of course, at number one in the state. And they are also nationally ranked as well, 23rd in the entire country, so getting some national recognition as well. The Victor Blue Devils undefeated in Section 5 so far this season. Their only loss this season is to Calvert, uh, Calvert Hall down in Maryland, who is uh, ranked just above them in the national rankings. They got a really impressive win over St. Mary, um, who is number 15 in the country. So Victor getting it done out of state as well. They, they've passed all their tests so far this season, but it hasn't been like, like you mentioned, it hasn't been far and away out in front. They only beat Penfield by four, which is, you know, it's still impressive to beat Penfield by four. They took Pittsburgh to overtime. They're going to have some tough tests coming up, We're going to, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Victor Canadegua, of course, coming up uh, next week, so that'll be a good one. But Victor, taking the top spot right now. Yeah, I mean, like the, like you said, I think they got like 98 kids committed to play in college next year. <laughs> uh, this is a really, really talented ball club. But, I mean, we've talked about it with other teams and other sports. I mean, you see a team like that, all the love that they're getting, you're going to step your game up. I mean, that's your time. That's your opportunity to shine. We were talking about that, I believe, a couple of weeks ago with McQuaid's baseball team, how they always play out-of-section teams. And then I believe a couple of Section 5 teams took it to them. They were like, you know what? Like, hold on. Like, Section 5 is where it's at. You, you don't need to go everywhere, right? And I'm sure these other teams see all the love that Victor getting, deservingly so. Like, Victor, they deserve all the praise and flowers that they're getting. But just as a competitor yourself, you're like, okay, this is my opportunity to shine, to get some love. I can get on Channel 8. I can get on primetime 585 for a big game against the Blue Devils. But I'm not surprised at all that they're the top team in Class B. And I do want to highlight uh, their faceoff man, Sam Ritchie. In that Pittsburgh game, 16 wins, just one faceoff loss. So it is tough to get scored on when you have the ball, of course. So the the the, the latest in a very long line of talented Victor faceoff men and then we look at the rest of Class B, where we have two teams in the state rankings. You've got Canadagua at number nine, and you've got Spencerport at number 19. And I think that is fair. You know, I think those two teams are kind of in tiers of their own. They're kind of in one-team tiers of their own behind um, behind Victor there. Canadagua did play Spencerport so far this season. They beat them 6-4. to four. Um, Arondicoid is, is should be knocking right on the door there. They're not in the honorable mentions, but I think Arondicoid's in that conversation as well. But I think Canadagua and Spencerport, 9 and 19 respectively, that's pretty fair. Um, moving down to Class C, where HFL is the only team ranked in the Class C rankings at 18th overall. But the two teams that are honorably mentioned are going to just really battle each other to the death to try and win this Class C championship Honeyoy Falls, of course, as we mentioned, at 18. Then Livonia Avon and Palmac both receiving honorable mentions. Anytime these uh, that little quad, that triumvirate of teams play, you're going to get a good one. Um, HFL just took down Livonia Avon seven to five um, a few uh, a few days ago on April 29th. They're going to play Livonia Avon again on the sixth. They will not play Palmac on their uh, their season so far, but. Palmac did take on uh, Lavonia Avon. Lavonia Avon beat them. I'm pulling up the scores right now. So it does seem like HFL has a little bit of a head up on the com competition. Yep, Lavonia Avon beating them eight to beating Palmac early in the season, eight to six. And I just saw that HFL team play against Aronicoit. 
they were really good. Um, both it was a really good game, well contested game. HFL has a, as we mentioned uh, on our last podcast, has a very talented faceoff man as well, getting it done um, for the Drew Angelo, getting it done for the uh, for the Cougars. But that's going to be. We always talk about these really fun sections. Class C, boys lacrosse, that's going to be a really fun section this year. Yeah, hopefully there's a fight for the one seed because you don't want to have to play yeah. two incredibly tough games in a sectional tournament. And like you mentioned, the uh, the Ronacoy, uh loss was definitely, you know, obviously the one player Ronacoy in the postseason. So that's just a measuring stick. And then also losing to Canada Eagle by, I believe, one goal, seven to six. That's no yeah. nothing to sneeze at at all. HFL team is for real, as we alluded to in the previous weeks. Yeah, HFL is also going to have some tough tests coming up later tonight against Penyan. Then they play Livoni Avon on Saturday, so they're going to have their work cut out for them. As you mentioned, that one seed is going to be really valuable in that tournament. And then down in Class D, uh, the Penyan class, as it's been known for many years, Penyan, of course, uh, right taking the top spot in Section 5 um, at number 8 in the state rankings. However... The Aquinas, Little Irish, right on their tails in the state rankings at number nine in the state. Aquinas hasn't played a ton of Section 5 opponents. They did uh, beat Schrader and Greece so far this season. Some nice wins, but nothing to get too worked up about. They do have Livonia Avon tonight, which is going to be a really good test for them. They're going to play them later in the season. They're going to play Brighton as well. So Penyan and Aquinas are only two top-ranked teams in the state uh marcus whitman and newark also receiving votes in this rankings i saw that uh aquinas game against trader physical physical ball club to be a class d squad will it be interesting to see how they match up with lavonia avon is that correct yes lavonia avon, avon tonight. tonight yeah yeah so we'll see how that result turns out a lot of great teams here in uh section five boys lacrosse as always same for softball where we have plenty of teams in the state rankings Taking, uh, starting off with class double A, Schrader, our top spot, no surprise there at number five. But as we mentioned before, it is not just Schrader in class double A. You've got Fairport on their tails. You've got Victor. You've got uh, Brighton, who is no small test. Uh, you know, Thomas is down in class A. We'll talk about them a little bit, but Schrader at the top spot. But there's a lot of teams gunning for him, Carl. Yeah, I think what we talked about in the beginning of the year, what they're bringing back and how, you know, start started their roster is. I think these other teams are like, hold on, we got some some ladies too that can bring something to the plate. Straight is still legit, don't get it twisted. But these other teams as well are like, hold on, we'll we'll catch them in tournament time and, and we'll get them when it matters most. Yeah, Schrader losing that game to Thomas, but I believe as I pull up their schedule right now, they do not have a loss to a uh, a section uh, five class double a opponent that is uh, correct as i look it up now they took care of uh they took care of penfield they took care of fairport so far they took care of victor early in the season so schrader's still getting it done but maybe not far and away at the top then in class a you've got a trio of really talented teams you've got thomas arondicoit and mendon both re really three talented squads with some really good pitchers that's the that's the main thing you've got aronicoit marlena cartagena you've got mendon lily goldberg who just about strikes out every batter that she faces uh, when she's out there so that's a really strong uh group of three teams where it might just come down to come sectional playoff time getting like one hit on one of these pitchers here 
that's all that matters that time of year, right? Who's who's in a little circle? Who's hot that time of year? I remember last year, Molly Bercolo did the same for Schrader last year, all the way to Long Island for uh, for a state championship. Not saying that's what these teams have to accomplish for that to come true this year, but you know, one of these three pitchers get a little hot, get a three or four inning stretch where you strike out the side. That's all you really need. And then down in Class B. And we don't see a lot of these teams a ton. So, um, but we just, I just really need to highlight Wellsville at number three in the state, primarily because they beat Schrader. Wellsville, a class B school, able to take down Schrader. Uh, a really impressive result there. I, I looked, I tried to get some of their players on Section 5 best in the last week just because they had so many different players doing so many different things. And it's just different players every time. They, like, have a different player hitting a home run every si- – oh, wait, I, actually, that uh, that was Letchworth I was thinking of. But still, Wellsville, 11-8, to eight, they beat down Schrader. They did not report their stats, unfortunately, so I cannot go too into depth on how they beat Schrader. But still, shout-out to Wellsville, beating Schrader there. Well, I mean, shoot. I mean, Thomas is one thing. That's a rivalry game. You know, you can. that's what you can – rationalize that a little bit i guess classes don't matter they saying look the, the ball the same the bat the same size was up uh, man shout out to wellsville that, that's a very impressive win especially of a straighter team that wants to accomplish big things this year again they're the uh the only team in the top 10 in class b waco and batavia at 19th and 24th respectively then moving down to class c and d some teams uh getting some love here boulevard richburg at number three Calmum. At number 10 in the state, as I mentioned before, Letchworth with their big and powerful bats at number 15 in the state in Class C. And then down in Class D, we've got six teams represented, two in the top four with Keshaqua at number two and Honeyoy at number four. So we've got a lot of talented small school balls here in Section 5 as well. Yeah, I saw that Calmum team play against Avon. They got a bunch of batters, a bunch of hitters up and down that lineup. Exciting team to watch, and they can put up a lot of runs. We move on to our segments. We're going to skip team of the week because we just talked about a whole lot of teams that could be team of the week. So we're going to get a little bit redundant there, but we've got our eyes on you team. As we've mentioned before, renaming the segment a little bit, a team that if we were to see their results or their stats that Carl Jones would have to give them the Von Miller eyes. So Carl, your eyes on you team for the past week or two, as we've taken two weeks off here. I got to go with the little Irish Aquinas girls lacrosse, mainly because on Monday, I want, I was picking between a game I was going to go to. It was either going to be um, Aquinas and Waterloo Whitman, uh, Waterloo Marcus Whitman, and then another game that got rained out. Unfortunately, the other game got rained out, so I wasn't able to go to. Aquinas trucked along and played, and they took down Waterloo Marcus Whitman 12-11 to 11 in OT. And then I started looking at their resume a little bit better. They're 9-2 on the year. But, I mean, anytime you talk about the Little Irish – the Hinchcliffe sisters. I mean, they're just legit. Anytime you look at the box score, four, five, six goals on any given day. We've had Sienna as player of the week. I think Savannah was um, in Section 5 best, if not this year, then last. Sienna, just to highlight some of her stats, 52 goals this year. That's tied for first in Section 5. 76 points. That's Section in the Section as well. She's going to play at, uh, at Akron next year for lacrosse. Down there in Class C, so she's gonna. They're gonna be playing against Palmac in sectional play. They are. They did take an L to Palmac early in the year, but it was a six to four game. Aquinas, legit ball club. I'm locked in. I'm trying to see what they do the rest of the way here on out. You're gonna have. They're gonna have a 
a game against Mercy next Monday. They took an L to Mercy earlier on in the year. Obviously, they won't play them in a sectional play, but, you know, you just want to see how you can bounce back from a loss like that. But, man, Little Irish, y'all got my eyes for sure. Yeah, Mercy having a bit of a bounce back season as well, so that should be a really good game. My eyes are on the Fairport softball team. I mentioned them a little bit earlier in the show. Haven't had the most consistent season, but when they are on, they are on. And specifically, they were on about a week and a half ago when they took down Thomas 14 to nothing. Thomas, if you, if you forgot, they just beat Trader. 14 to nothing, they took down Thomas. Amanda Lindenbrick in the circle with two hits allowed. You hold that Thomas team to just two hits. That's impressive. Nicole Allen, five for six in the game with a triple and a home run. And Alana Wood, three for five with two RBIs. And we do have uh, some connections to the the Thomas softball team. Uh, our GM uh, has, uh, has some daughters on the team. And I sad when I saw this results, I, I mentioned to the fan, he's like, yeah, I talked to uh, to Wendy, our uh, GM. She's like, yeah, they just didn't have it. There wasn't no sickness, no suspensions, no, uh, you know, someone's cleats were tied the right way. This was just Fairport beating down Thomas on that given day. So Fairport, a team... While they haven't been able to replicate that results uh, against some other teams, they lost to Schrader 8-3, to as I mentioned. But Fairport is a team that certainly you've got to have your eyes on. 14 to nothing is one thing. 14 to nothing against a team who we think can go pretty far this year. Yeah, that's impressive for sure. And then we move on to our Game of the Week segment. Some games that are really going to have some Section 5 implications for the postseason and bragging rights, things like that. Carl your game of the week for this upcoming week. I don't have to jazz this game up. <laughs> Canada, Victor, boys lacrosse, both teams are 10 and one, a rematch of last year's, I believe class B semifinal where yep. Canada took them down uh, in the, in the, in the postseason. I mean, what else do I need to know? What else do you want? I mean, you got probably two of the best teams or the two best teams in uh, section five class B, regardless of actually forget class B and all of uh, section five, all the stars over there on Victor, high-scoring affair. Canada will slowing the game down, you know, playing the game at a, a turtle pace. This game, I believe, will be at Victor again. I believe it was at Victor last year as well. I'm excited. I want to see who comes out on top. This game will be next Monday for all those who maybe want to follow it or even go out there. Should be a fun one for sure. Yeah, Canada, after that, they play Pittsburgh. So they've got some really tough tests ahead of them. And, and the thing that is interesting about Canada, I saw them play – against Penyan this year when it was six to five it's not like it's a, a team where you know they're just trying to run out the clock basically like it's you know they're just really good at defense and that's how they get in those low scoring games so it's not like it's going to be a boring game to watch even if it's a low scoring game so Victor Canadegua should be a great one for sure I'm going to the baseball diamond with my game of the week Trader against Hilton that is on uh, May 10th on a Wednesday two teams that are red Hot Trader on a seven-game winning streak. They just took down McQuaid. As uh, we mentioned, McQuaid suffered a, a pair of losses here in Section 5 play. Schrader on a seven-game winning streak. The Hilton baseball team on a four-game winning streak. And in those four games, they have allowed a grand total of zero runs. Pulling off the Palmac special, if you remember from last year. Four straight shutouts for the Hilton baseball team. Both of those teams at 11-2. And these are the teams that are at the top of the class double A baseball standings. McQuaid is, you know, obviously still in there, but you know, who knows what uh, you know they're gonna do when they finally get to the section five play. They've had a couple losses. So Schrader and Hilton, 
to uh, Behemoth on a collision course for a great game on the 10th next week. Where's that game at? That game, I did not write that down, Carl. You, you caught me off guard. So so start talking about some more words, and I'm going to look up where this game is being played. The reason why I was wondering that is that these two teams are like kind of far apart, and I'm thinking like how I was in high school with them <laughs> far games where I got to drive like, you know, 40, 50 minutes to go to the game. That'd be kind of annoying, especially when it's a big game and now you got like things going on in your head. If it's at Hilton, man, the Hilton ain't no easy drive to get to. That's a home field advantage right there. Also, it's, Schrader's at, it's at Schrader. Schrader under the lights, 715. Under the lights. Well, yeah, that, that might be a good one. That, that, you know what I'm thinking? And for those at home, I'm, I'm sorry I'm going here. Remind me like all the IG pictures that these kids can get under the lights, <laughs> you know, nice little light in the background, dark. Man, come on. These kids are excited for this one. Forget game of the week. These kids is going to be posting this one all over social media with all the great background and contrast for this game. So. Exactly. That'll be under the lights. Always a good time. So that'll do it for us tonight here on the High School Huddle. We will be back next week, our last show before the PGA Championship, where we go into hibernation and we only eat, sleep, breathe. Literally, Thad's going to be sleeping at the golf course. PGA Championship golf. So after that, we'll be back. But until then... For Carl Jones, I am AJ Feldman. It is now time to break the huddle, and we will see you next time.